Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Hi again, everybody. Ron Sherry here with another edition of your Minnesota Bound podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our topic today, yeah, well, it's a huge topic, but we're... We're going to limit it to a few things all about ice fishing. Now, um, and I have with me uh, an ice fishing guru, so to speak. He's uh, he's with the Clam Corporation, makers of all kinds of ice fishing gear. Matt Johnson is joining us. Hi, Matt. Thanks for being here. You bet. How are you doing, Ron? Well, I'm doing all right. Now, you know, depending on when people listen to this and where they listen to it, we either have a lot of folks chomping at the bit uh, for the ice to come on the lakes and rivers, or two, uh, they already are uh, ice fishing, depending on where they're at, or they're tiptoeing out <laughs> on, <laughs> yeah. on new ice, so to speak. But uh, let's just, uh, we'll assume that everybody is safe out there anyway. That's the first thing. But Matt, uh, you've been uh, with Clam Corporation for, for how long? I started with them in uh, 2012, uh, formerly as an employer of Clam, and or an employee, I should say. But uh, they were a, been a sponsor of mine. Oh boy, it's been about 20 years now, so it's been a while. Uh, great brand. Well, what what? Uh, so you came into Clam as a as a uh, diehard ice angler, right? Yeah, back in about 2001 uh, is when I was uh, formally introduced to the brand, and uh, that was back when I. Uh, I was a fishing guide and uh, worked some retail stuff and, and more on the promotional side, which, as you know, Ron, that never fades. You're promoting the sport of fishing uh, always. But, yeah, I came on uh, more with a rod in my hand than with a pen or a computer at my fingertips. So it uh, <laughs> worked pretty well. What, what, what is it about ice fishing that attracted you personally? Well, you know, I, I grew up uh, in the north suburbs of, uh, of the Minnesota Twin Cities area, and we didn't have a boat growing up, and once we had ice on the lakes, I know as a kid, it kind of leveled the playing field. We could hop in my dad's car, uh, my brother would pile in, and we'd go ice fishing. We could drive on the ice anywhere anyone else could get. So we thought it gave us the opportunity to go out there and uh, chase down fish that when we were from shore all summer, we couldn't get to. And uh, I just, I fell in love with it. It's uh, an intimate sport. You're staring at a a hole in the ice. You never know what you're going to catch most of the time. And uh, I I have that same passion. I fell in love with ice fishing young and uh, it hasn't changed. And I hope that it stays that way forever. Well, ice fishing, of course, if you're a Minnesotan uh, or Wisconsinite, uh, you know, anywhere in the northern states, um, especially the Midwest and, and the East Coast, too, uh, ice fishing is a long tradition. Uh, I knew a guy that uh, loved to fish Mille Lacs, Matt, but he would never fish it 
Malax in the summer, he was afraid of that lake in the summertime, the waves, sure. etc., the weather. But when it when it when the ice covered Malax, he was out there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so kind of a, a difference to most people, it's the other way around. Yeah, it's it's yeah, Malax, as you know, it's a bugger when you get some wind. I mean Someone, we always joke, if somebody uh, uh, blows on one side of the lake, it's uh, two footers on the other side by the time it gets there on Mille Lacs. So I can see that. But, yeah, it's and it, and there's something uh, majestic about ice fishing, not, not to get too sappy, but there just is. It's There's some uh, tranquility to the sport of ice fishing, and I think it's a comfort thing, and uh, it's a decompression for many people. And uh, I can certainly relate to why ice fishing would draw people to certain bodies of water where summer could intimidate you or scare you so I feel I feel where that guy's coming from. Well, you know it's uh, it's interesting, and in the point you bring up about solitude, and um, I, I, I hear that from a lot of people. They some ice fishermen joke it's a time to get away from the wife and uh, drink a bunch of blackberry <laughs> brandy, <laughs> you know, sure. things like that. Yeah. But uh, clearly, I don't know. In the last ten, fifteen, twenty years, perhaps, ice fishing has enjoyed. A, I guess. I would call it a boom in interest. Um, sure. uh, and do you confirm that? Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. I think it still continues to be the fastest growing category of fishing. Uh, so, you know, in the sport of fishing, which is, is widespread from saltwater to bass to freshwater to uh, Great Lakes, ice fishing continues percentage-wise to be the fastest growing category. And if you're attending ice fishing events or if you're going to a local lake ron i've been a, an ice fishing guide here in the twin cities for 20 years i can attest to that the amount of anglers on the water is is pretty i should say ice it's pretty astounding uh, but yeah you're seeing a boom not just in eager anglers but educated ice anglers they are very savvy they come to these sport shows and they understand the sport as well as the manufacturers do where it wasn't that way as little as five years ago so you're seeing not only a, a boom in anglers, but just the ability to understand the sport. And I attest that to, you know, good communicators like yourself, Ron, and all these assets that these anglers have at their fingertips, literally because of smart devices and social media and podcasts, it kind of drives that needle. And, and we're educating, informing, and uh, creating good ice anglers right alongside us. So, yeah, absolutely. We're seeing a boom. And I don't know if it's going to slow down. Uh, not any time in the next few years. I think we're going to see this trend <laughs> for a little while still. Well, you could be uh, you could be right. I think I think uh, uh, DNR has their eyes got opened when they began to see that the winter fishing pressure on like Upper Red Lake in northern Minnesota was greater than the summer pressure, mm -hmm. and I think that's uh, maybe even true of some other lakes. I mean, that is astounding when you think about it. Right. Um, Obviously, the fishing's good, or the, that wouldn't have happened. Right, and, and the uh, the easeability of ice fishing. Um, you don't need an expensive boat. You don't need, uh, uh, for the most part. I mean, you can buy some fancy gear. I think we know that exists in ice fishing, but uh, you don't always need it. So, a lot of families now are outfitting themselves as a Christmas present to the family. Everything they need to go ice fishing and go ice fishing effectively. So. I think you're seeing it uh, grow because of the ease of accessibility and the availability of product. And these brands are just dialed. Uh, the industry is doing a great job of creating just good products at a good value to get people out there ice fishing and, and helping them enjoy the sport. Well, Matt, you know, <laughs> I got to say this. I, if you'd have told me 10 or 15 years ago, whatever it might be, 
that some ice fisherman would spend $25,000 for an ice fishing shack that you could haul out on the ice, I'd have called you the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> but my Lord, my ever my eyes have been open for sure. Yeah. I saw one, Ron, uh, trick to the nines. Uh, it was going for fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. And uh, I know they sell more than one of those at that price point. It is it is crazy. The ice house boom, the the hard sided shack we used to call them. Now they're mobile homes. They're nicer than my living room, and uh, you can get out there and take the whole family. So if that's the route you want to go, you know, God bless you. It's it's a great route. It's comfortable. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's you're seeing more and more of those. You know, we use the term ice castle loosely because it's like the term Kleenex now. Uh, that style of fish house on the ice everywhere. Not just in in the heart of the ice belt in central Minnesota. You go down in southern Minnesota, you're seeing them littered all over the ice uh, down in Iowa, Wisconsin. So they're all over the place. Well, some people use them as campers in the summertime too. I do think. Yeah, you got air conditioners on them now. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, in February in Minnesota, you just open the window, you'll have an air air, yeah. air conditioner. Absolutely. I got to say, I got to say that you know that's a lot of money to haul out on the ice, and if you if you if you don't uh, check your ice depths and if you don't know what you're doing, that'd be a, a quite a chunk of money going down through the ice. I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, you have to know what you're doing, and and that's something too, Ronnie. You know, with uh, all the new anglers buying these sh- these shelters, these hard sided shacks, there's a learning curve. It's not just something you hook up to your truck and go. There's a lot of things you want to pay attention to, uh, not to get off topic at all. But uh, yeah, you're seeing a lot of people just drive out into it. Safety. Safety first. Make sure you have good ice conditions. Make sure you check with local bait shops. Make sure you check with buddies that may already be out there uh, before heading on the ice. That's always a good tip. Well, Matt, we're going to continue our conversation here about uh, ice fishing and where it's been, where it's going, um, and uh, what kind of what's new as far as products, uh, etc. Uh, sure. When we uh, come back. But uh, in the interim, here a word from Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed. Thousand Hills lifetime grazed beef. You know, I make a career talking about clean water and native habitat and best environmental practices. And that's one of the big reasons I love Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed Beef. It is locally raised beef done differently. Let me explain. You see, Thousand Hills uses what is called regenerative agriculture to raise their cattle. Those beef cows, they graze in fields of wild grasses and they move between lots of different fields. So it is a sustainable ecosystem free of synthetic fertilizers and all the chemical herbicides. It's a system of agriculture that promotes clean water, natural grasses, and guess what? The best beef you've tasted, no joke. My wife and two sons, we love grilling and smoking, and we do it several times a week. And now we cook with Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed Beef. Trust me, the Shirk Boys cannot get enough. Beef raised the right way. Check out Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed Beef to understand regenerative agriculture and fall in love with Thousand Hills. Well, welcome back. We're talking with uh, Matt Johnson, who is... uh... I guess an ice fishing guru in Minnesota, also a longtime uh, employee with the Clam Corporation, makers of all kinds of ice fishing gear and uh, that most anglers know about. Matt, uh, we were talking about 
the the the, the amazing boom in ice fishing and all the the new um, people the people the money that people spend on ice fishing etc. But um, ice fishing is still can be a guy sitting on a bucket or a guy sitting in a fifteen thousand dollar castle, which is kind of the beauty of the sport. Sure. Yeah, you can. There's a wide breadth of product offering, and and I tell you, you spend a day on the ice and walk around. I do that often. I like to just walk around without a rod in my hand and and just survey the audience and maybe even chat with some of the local anglers that are out there fishing. And you do you see anglers on a bucket uh, with a couple jig sticks that probably cost them five bucks a piece, and you see a guy and gal and family forty yards away in a forty thousand dollar fish house. And you know, <laughs> there's always that joke where it says, you know what does it take to catch a fish, right? I'll tell you what, I've seen that guy on that little bucket outfish me more times than I can count. So <laughs> it's it's all about, uh, you know, a little bit more than just the gear you have, but it's an accessible sport. And if you want to invest in it, you certainly can. Trust me, I've been at multiple sports shows this year already, and I've seen anglers walk up to these tills with, you know, I always ask myself when I see them after they're done buying what they buy is, are they limited to a ramen diet now the rest of the month? Because, they just invested a lot of money, <laughs> which would be my entire paycheck, uh, in into the sport ice fishing in one sitting. So uh, you can buy what you want and invest as much as you want. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's all walks of life are out there ice fishing. It's fun. It's a level playing field, and it, it, you can catch fish no matter how you do it. Well, we're going to talk about uh, lures and bait, etc. But I have to share with you, Matt, one story about true story. I was on Malax one day. We went out uh, by uh, with. Uh, snowmobilers at snowmobiles and maybe four wheelers. I can't remember. Anyway, we're out in Mille Lacs and, uh, this is years ago and way over about a hundred yards away or so, there was a guy sitting on a bucket with a big old heavy coat. And I'd glance over at him once in a while and he never moved. He just sat there. And so finally, I know fishing was a little slow, but back then I was a columnist with the newspaper and you're always looking for something, you know? So, I wandered over to the guy and started a conversation with him, and and uh, I said, uh, "Hey, I said I've been I've kind of been impressed. I said you've been sitting on this bucket for hours, and 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 you've never moved. How 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 can you be so patient?" And he looks up at me. He's an old dude. He says, "Well, Sonny boy, <laughs> I imagine I'm looking at a giant martini, and my bobber is the olive." <laughs> <laughs> that's good so, that's a good yeah. one yeah well, Matt, uh you know way back when ice fishing was basically put a hook in a fathead minnow and dunk it down there and let it swim around and hope something eats it uh that's that's still true in some ways but oh my a lot of anglers now go ice fishing they don't even take live bait i would agree i actually had this conversation last week and at uh, the most recent sports show i was at and uh, I don't know if I've purchased live bait to chase bluegills and crappies in about 10 years, Ron. Uh, now, if you're walleye fishing or I, I guide for catfish through the ice, yeah, there's sometimes live baits needed. But yeah, we have such the diversity of jigs and plastics and offerings and things you can use to coax and tricks these fish into biting without live bait. And it really works. It's, I mean, if you uh, asked me 15, 20 years ago when I started ice fishing, uh, if I didn't need to bring a thing of maggots with me ice fishing, I'd look at you and say, uh, why would I not bring the maggots? Now, you don't need it. So, But you can. I mean, I always tell people it's a confidence thing. You know, there's no wrong way to go fishing. 
If it works for you, continue to use it. Uh, if your thing is a fathead minnow on a plain hook under a bobber and, and you catch some walleyes doing it, keep, you know, keep doing it. It's confidence. If you believe in what you're fishing and you go out there and you're having fun, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. So, but you're right. You walk down an aisle of your local fishing store and uh, it can be overwhelming for a new angler. Uh, it can be overwhelming for a veteran angler like yourself or me and walking in there going, oh boy, I didn't know half this stuff even existed. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, we're pretty spoiled. We're very spoiled uh, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to ice fishing nowadays. We have about everything you could think of to catch fish and sometimes even the kitchen sink. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's definitely fun. Uh, well, the, uh, your advice about uh, do what works for you and enjoy it. And don't worry about some of the other stuff is points well taken. I think sometimes we always think the other guy has uh, better ways, better secrets, better tips than, than you, you do yourself. So, uh, sure. the main point, I guess, is to, is to, uh, uh, make it fun. Enjoy yourself. That's what it is. It's not, uh, it's not life or death out there. Right. I would agree. The other thing is I've thought about is uh, we talked about lures. There's one lure, at least one that I'm familiar with that went from ice fishing and became popular in the summer. And I'm talking about the jig and wrap, for example. Yep. Uh, that was for, that was initially designed, I think, I'm right, was initially designed for vertical fishing through a hole in the ice. And then some people smarter than me to, uh, started using it in the summer and discovered walleyes love to smack those things. Uh, is that kind of, is that the way you understand that story? Absolutely. It's funny because... I used to work at a retail store in the north north part of the Twin Cities uh, for many years, and uh, John Nelson was a manager there, and uh, still is. And I remember there were some ice anglers. This was old boy Ron, 15, 18 years ago, that used to call and ask for jigging wraps. And I always thought it was odd, and it was Nelly, John Nelson, who said, "Well, you know, those work all summer. Don't tell anybody, though." <laughs> so the, the I think the hardcore walleye guys that did the tournament trail uh, the in the RCL days. I think they knew about that. I just don't think they were telling anybody. And then, uh, you know, mainstream media came along, social media especially, and next thing you know, everybody's taking their jigging wraps, and, and there's a lot of brands that make them now. Clam makes the Tika Minnow, and you're out there. We absolutely crush fish in the boat with them. No bait, yeah. <laughs> reaction-driven fish. You have to literally forcep or plier these baits out of these fish's faces. They hit it so hard. So the beauty of these products is you're now buying something you use all year round. And I always try to tell anglers, as you efficiently make purchases, are there some efficiencies with your, your buying decisions that, hey, are you going to use this for 10 fishing trips? Or are you going to use this for 100 fishing trips? And in, in the lure world, yeah, you nailed it. That's swimming bait absolutely has a place in your arsenal probably 12 months out of the year so yeah it, it's fun it's fun to watch and fun to fish fish hit them hard and yeah it'll make a believe out of most people if you tie one on and rip it around for a bit indeed um it, it's also i think uh, probably uh, a new not maybe it's, it's not new anymore but uh, when it came out the idea that uh, you, know, you used to go out and you drill a hole or two and then you start fishing and some people uh, said, that doesn't make sense to me. Let's find the fish. So they would drill 15 holes or whatever it was and, and then go uh, fishing using electronics. That, that really kind of revolutionized ice fishing, I would say. Uh, it gave you more uh, 
um, dexterity is probably the wrong word, but uh, more options and and locating fish. Is that Absolutely. is that how you see that? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of Dave Gens's claim to fame among obviously designing the fish house, <laughs> but uh, yeah. the mobility aspect. You know, he didn't want to sit in one spot. It's and I always tell anglers the easiest way to make them understand uh, this mentality because you still see anglers, Ron, every week and on the ice drag their fish trap out there, punch their two holes, flip over the fish trap and not move the entire time. And I always shake my head. Now, either they're on a really good bite, which can happen. Don't get me wrong. They may be that good or they're waiting for that sundown crappie bite. But if you're in your boat, you're, you're a, a, a veteran angler. You've done it all, right? How many times do you pull up to one spot in your boat, let's say drop anchor or nowadays push spot lock and sit there for four hours straight? No. You're trolling a weed line. You're working a dock line. You're moving from spot to spot. That mentality needs to carry through to the ice fishing world. And that alone, that one tip alone can make an anger that's stuck in a rut or complacent catch tenfold what they've caught in the past just by moving, just moving around, chasing the fish, trying something different. And uh, that alone can make a big difference. The The age of mobility uh, is nothing new or the, the theory of, of moving to catch fish. But I'm seeing us start to Digress, digress a bit with these hard-sided fish houses because they're back out to sitting in a spot because they're comfortable. And I'm seeing some of my good friends who were trained ice anglers go, ah, I don't catch as much as I used to because I'm in my ice castle. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Moving around, chasing down fish. That's the rule. That's the rule of the game. And, and anglers that adapt that, that idea on the ice, you're watching them catch more fish and everywhere they go. I think also um, the underwater cameras alerted anglers to the fact that fish sometimes react to cars going over the ice, to people stomping on the ice, noise mm-hmm. on the ice, it, and, uh, and, and it moves fish or alerts them. Or scare, I don't want to use the word scare, but they certainly uh, might impact your fishing success. Uh, so being quiet on the ice is probably good advice too. Absolutely. And, and being quiet on the ice has a lot of meanings. It's sometimes the things we don't think about can impact fishing. Uh, one thing that something anglers are catching on uh, recently is ice cleats. You know, we have to have ice cleats to stay safe, but we've also seen them drastically, drastically scare or spook fish. Uh, wow. And a lot of anglers aren't thinking in that regard. So, uh, so there's a lot of things, a lot of variables to noise and how noise is portrayed. You know, some augers don't scare fish while others do. It's the way they transmit noise. But yeah, underwater cameras, it's a great learning tool. I always tell anglers, uh, it's a great investment. It'll help you see what's going on, literally. It'll help you better understand your electronics. It'll help you understand fish reaction to lures. It'll help you understand if the fish down there are the target species, if the weeds are green, because... As you know, Ron, you can buy an underwater camera now that shows you color. So you can drop down there and say, okay, they're not dead weeds. They are green weeds. So that's a great learning tool. And, and there's a bunch of brands making these underwater cameras that fit in the pocket of your jacket. So now you can just walk around. My kids are a great example. I have, I have three boys and a young girl. And, and I will cut a bunch of holes. Well, actually, I, I'm lying. I make my kids cut the holes. And then I hand them this little underwater camera and say, hey, let me know what's down each of these holes. And uh, it's amazing what they learn by watching that underwater environment. Uh, and I don't think that's something a five-year-old or a 50-year-old 
get sick of. It's fun to watch those fish move around and it will, will for sure make you a better ice angler. I never get tired of looking at them swimming underneath there, uh, for sure. Uh, Just like a kid. Matt, I'm going to take a little break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, more of the uh, electronics now in the ice fishing and uh, also a little fish conservation uh, chit-chat with you uh, when we come back. But first, here's a word from Minnesota Propane Association. Did you know that a propane gas furnace lifespan averages 20 years, while electric heat pumps only last 14 years? And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat to your home. Why buy two heating systems when one propane furnace can do it all? It lasts longer, works better, and it costs less. These things and more are done with propane today. The right energy right now. Connecticut. Do you know Connecticut? Well, the shirks sure do. No secret. We live out in the country and we have plenty of that ironclad well water. You know what I'm talking about. We treat all of our water with a Connecticut whole home water treatment system. We also use Connecticut's K5 drinking water system. You know that white buildup you get around the faucets? We get none of that. Our dishes are clean. Katie loves what Connecticut water does for her hair and our skin. And our boys, they drink Connecticut water. No joke. Before they head to the hockey rink or to the soccer field, they 100% of the time have to fill their water bottles with Connecticut. I think that is saying something. The best part for me, we have well water that tastes great and the smell is gone. Call Connecticut like the Shirks did and look forward to clean, safe water. All right, we're coming back again with the more ice fishing chit-chat with Matt Johnson from the Clam Corporation. Um, Matt, we talked a little bit about electronics. Um, I think it's, it's really added uh, maybe not to the catching so much, but to just the enjoyment of fishing. Sure. Um, but you work for Clam. They're always on the leading edge of new products. Real quickly, what, what do you have coming down the line or this year for for ice anglers to contemplate uh, for new products? Sure. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate towards clothing. Uh, if you ever watched me give a seminar, the first thing I'm going to address is the importance of clothing because it's great to have the coolest rod, flasher, fish house, but if you're not warm on the ice, it doesn't matter. So Ice Armor's got uh, a handful of new suits, whether it's the new rugged Defender suit, which is built tough. A lot of our pro staff are gravitating towards that suit. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's a float suit. It's waterproof, windproof, and very rugged. Uh, we have uh, uh, the Edge X suit, which is the best of both worlds on the edge and the extreme. Every popular blue suit and gray suit, uh, we combine them into one. Uh, we have a suit, Ron, that we actually worked with all of our female pro staff on last year. We brought in uh, a bunch of female anglers from across the ice belt, uh, whether they're on our pro staff, leaders of certain organizations, and we did a focus group on, okay, what would be the ultimate uh, woman ice fishing suit and we created this suit based off of all their feedback down to the last little detail and that's that new uh, women's rise float suit it's super cool a lot of our gals are getting behind and wearing it very comfortable and then for the kids uh like like i heard was saying earlier i have four kids i take ice fish with me uh, safety is always number one on, on mind and uh, we have a youth rise float suit it looks just like mine it's got all the cool pockets, the features. It floats. It's waterproof, windproof, padded knees. They can store their gear in it. It's got adjustable inseam to fit about any kid body type. 
So now the kids can look just like mom and dad get out there on the ice and, and chase down some fish and be comfortable about it. So clothing's a huge, huge point. I think a lot of anglers sometimes overlook. And then, of course, you got all the other stuff, whether it's rods and reels and tackle. Oh, man, Ron, we could have an entire episode just on what's new from Clam Outdoors this year uh, from the rod lineup, the tackle lineup, a, a new spoon that's a true flutter spoon played off of that ribbon. It's called the ribbon leash. It's played off of the leech flutter spoon that everyone knows and loves. Uh, we have a, a bunch of new rod setups, new fish houses, of course. That's Clam's claim to fame. You have a bunch of new flip over fish traps. You have a new three. <laughs> I, I'm almost it's insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. You got to, well, I'll, I'll give you a tutorial when you come by the booth at one of these shows and just bring a water bottle and your running shoes and we'll get it done. Uh, well, thank you, man. Yeah, well, I'll do that. Just what, real quickly before we say goodbye, um, a lot of people say uh, that uh, sometimes we're catching these fish too deep through the ice and and we're killing a lot of fish that we don't realize we're killing. We're letting them go, but they're really not sure. surviving. I think that's in some ways true of crappies. They, if you don't shut their mouth, I think a few things like that. Uh, is, that is, is that is that something that a lot of ice anglers think about? You know what, Rana? The hard answer is probably no. I wouldn't say they do think about that. And and when I take people fishing as a fishing guide, you know, I always try to. One, I'm a shallow water angler, and I do it for many reasons. I do it because I think the better fish are there, but I also want to preserve the fishery. When you get over those deep holes and those deep basins, you got to ask yourself: Are you prepared to keep fish? And uh, are you going to be selective on your size? You're going to be that guy or gal that only has to keep the big ones because. You know, in my opinion, that's just not the right way to look at it. Because uh, when you take that crappie out of forty feet of water, in some situations, yeah, you're, you're you may be letting go of fish that's going to die on you. And I always encourage people if that's what you want to do, uh, be ready to clean some of those smaller fish. Do the right thing, take them home, eat them, uh, add them towards your limit uh, versus throwing back dead fish. It's it's unfortunate, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of ice anglers, Ron, unfortunately, don't think that way. Uh, it's fish swims away. They throw it down. Or I even see anglers at times shove them down the hole, use a scoop to push them underneath the ice. And uh, I'll tell you right now, you better not let me see you do that because I'll, I'll let you know my uh, my feelings on it. But, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's good. It's good education. Let them know that one goes in the bucket. Be a good steward to the sport. And, hey, get the Hawaiian buns out and have a fish fry, make a crappie slider out of it. And yeah, I think a lot of people – yeah, I think a lot of people, Matt, uh, are meaning well when they let some of those fish go. They just don't realize they they don't go down. They float underneath the ice. You can't see them anymore, but they're dead right there. But right. they're not doing it yep. intentionally. But listen, hey, I enjoyed this chit-chat, uh, uh, Matt. I really appreciate your time, Matt Johnson, with the Clam Corporation. Hope to see you on the ice. In the meantime, I also want to thank uh, Minnesota Propane, Connecticut, Thousand Hills Lifetime Grazed, North Dakota Tourism, and my favorite place to put all my money, which is very little, <laughs> Star Banks, of course. So uh, with that, thank you again, Matt Johnson. And remember out okay. there, uh, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. This is Ron Shera with the Minnesota Bound Podcast. Mm-hmm.